0: get hyped. Welcome into the Hypecast. We've got the Northwestern week and a special guest with us. I am Mike Schaefer, joined as always by Brian Christopherson, Michael Brunts. But this time we welcome in Lincoln Journal stars, Parker Gabriel, his first Hypecast experience. I probably scared him. Parker, how you doing?
1: I'm incredibly hyped.
0: Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, it's the Western game. You've been through three of these now. I don't know if there's a more hyped Big 10 matchup, real rivalry, I think, uh, in the conference and these two teams in the games that they typically play.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's actually actually super interesting this time. But, I mean, you know, like always, you're just preparing yourself for, you you know, 17 to 13 or something like that. Hyped on the unders. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Unless it goes into overtime in which Nebraska won't score. uh, So, you just need that under to stick – you know uh, close to to the number
2: Brian how you doing greetings i'm uh, i'm doing well um, i'm somewhat hyped uh, but you guys can you guys can bring more out of me
0: as we go along here brunt have you uh, have you gotten the ruler out and checked to see what the the typical grass length is at Ryan field the dumpiest stadium in the big 10 uh yeah it's it's
3: somewhere between it's like Thursday U.S. Open rough right now. I'm guessing that by Saturday it'll be full-blown,
0: like not getting a, a wedge through there. Yeah, Parker, you're, you're new to this. I think that uh, Evanston is the worst Big Ten town. This makes Brunts very angry. BC, I think, agrees with Brunts on this. What do you think the worst Big Ten town is? You've been to all of them, I think, at this point.
1: Yeah, I've been to all of them. You know what? Um, Evanston itself is, is nice enough. I I've never been like a huge fan of the greater Chicago area. Um, but it's, but I like going to Evanston. That's fine. I would say I haven't been like, like around town. so This isn't like the fairest estimation, but I've never, it's never, I've never really gotten that hype to go to East Lansing. Um, The thing about East Lansing and Michigan State's campus in general is that they definitely lead the league in surface parking lot area. Um, (laughs) And sometimes when you're walking around that campus, it's just like, well, if we cut diagonal through this parking lot to get to that parking lot, then we'll only have two more
0: parking lots to get to before we get to the lot we park in near the stadium. East Lansing is a very dangerous place. Uh, you got to be careful. When you're there, you can you can let the janitor buckets of Labatt's get away from you pretty quickly, <laughs> as I have learned in my only experience.
1: I walked out of the stadium there after so I was in college covering uh, Michigan State and Wisconsin, and it was 2011. This, this is actually very on-brand for um, the, the members of this podcast, too. And what had just happened inside Spartan Stadium was that Kirk Cousins had thrown a Hail Mary to beat previously unbeaten and ranked number four Wisconsin uh, in the first of several very odd matchups between Kirk Cousins and Russell Wilson. And uh, not only was Brett Bielema crying in the post game, which was in a construction trailer, which was weird, um, but after we left the stadium, it was like one in the morning. And the first person that we saw outside the stadium, we walked out, was a guy wearing a cape and a thong and that was it and he was running around and he was just yelling to himself go green and then responding to himself go white and at that point we we're like we better just get the hell out of here
0: that is amazing that is absolutely amazing i do remember that construction trailer uh like that was where they were doing their their post game i assume it's the same i don't understand why Post-game setups are so ridiculous in a lot of these places, but uh, they, they absolutely are. Should we, should we dive into breaking down this game, gentlemen? Yes. All right. That kind of enthusiasm is what you expect out of Nebraska <laughs> Northwestern. And so we're, uh, we're going to jump right into it. We'll start with our special guest, Parker Gabriel. When Nebraska is on offense, what are you sort of looking for based on the fact they've played one game so far, pretty prominently heavy with quarterback run game. Do you think we're going to see a lot of Luke McCaffrey on Saturday against Northwestern as well?
1: Yeah, I do. I do. I think we will see a lot of Luke McCaffrey. I, if I had to guess, I would say less heavy quarterback run when it's all said and done. Um, Northwestern played a really weird game against Iowa. It was low scoring, and it was like what you'd expect, basically. But both teams were in the mid-70s in terms of the number of plays they ran. And – Obviously, I think what a Nebraska run against Ohio State, 58 or something like that. So I think you'll, there'll just be more opportunities in general to get people involved. Dedrick Mills, obviously, among them. Um, I think you'll see that. But I also think that you'll see a more concerted effort um, to throw the football too. But against a team like Northwestern, it always starts with the run. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Bruns, do you, do you think that we see a little bit more downfield passing? That was a big discussion coming out of that Ohio State game. Obviously, you didn't get the chance to do it against Wisconsin, so we don't really know what Nebraska has yet at wide receiver, but do you anticipate they will be attacking different portions of the field since the Northwestern defensive secondary is nowhere near the the talent level that Ohio State has? Yeah, but Northwestern's defense is
3: always pretty good at limiting big plays. Like, I, I think, you know, the – The challenge of getting downfield is still going to be there against Northwestern, but I think you're going to see different personnel. Like I think as much as, you know, Nebraska would have liked to play Wisconsin and and gotten some guys, you know, some snaps against a quality opponent like that. I I think they probably benefited a little bit from the off week to get a little bit more of a sense, I guess, of what they have with some of the younger guys thinking Alante Brown here, Marcus Fleming, Um, Omar Manning is back practicing. So that's kind of a a storyline, I think, to follow just because he makes that that group look different um, than they would normally. So I I think that they're going to try to push it down the field a little more. I mean, Matt Lubick said that they even had the ability to do that against Ohio State, but they didn't. So, you know, I I don't know that they're going to get a ton of work done, but I, I think you have to at least Threaten Northwestern with it a couple times so that you're not just able to load up against the run, which, you know, they're, they're pretty stout
0: at stopping anyways. BC, I think one of the things that came out of that Ohio State game is people had been hearing the offensive line could be the backbone of this offense. They look pretty good against an Ohio State defense that there's a lot of respect for. Do you anticipate that Nebraska will continue to try to really establish the run and play through that offensive line? against a northwestern team like this on saturday
2: yeah i mean i think that's going to be the strength of this football team is up front and um there's interesting you know sidebars within that you know does ethan piper's role keep expanding you know i think they're going to keep rotating him and Bo wilson we know they're going to but how much you know does he play um you know even some guys that are a little bit down on the depth chart. I'm not saying we're going to see Turner Corcoran right off the bat. I think he's more of a guy who comes in late in the game if it, if it's, it's settled at this point in his career. But there's there's some backups that I think they're not afraid to uh, turn to, uh, which are interesting. Um, and then on the, the other thing I'd bring up, uh, so I won't copy anybody else's answers, is, you know, I'm interested if they get the ball more to – to Wandale here. I, th- I think he had six catches against Ohio State. Obviously, that's a team that, you know, they had Wandale marked, and Nebraska didn't show they had a lot of other weapons on the perimeter to necessarily uh, free up Wandale. But it was Wandale Robinson who won this game for Nebraska against Northwestern a year ago. I mean, he had about 167 yards of offense, he scored on the long run. He had a, the big pass catch to set up the game-winning field goal. Somehow, someway, I think he's got to get in double-digit, the double-digit area with his touches and be a big factor around the 100-yard mark or something for Nebraska.
0: All right, let's jump over on the, the defensive side of the ball, and we'll just kind of go in the same order uh, yet again. We're going to start up front, Parker. Like, I thought Nebraska's defensive line – played pretty well against Ohio State. And they're gonna get a Northwestern team that I think is really content to just run the ball and and just try to, you know, play a little bit of cloud of dust football. They, they did that when they were down 17, nothing against an Iowa team. And and they didn't feel compelled to, to move off of just running the ball and, and doing what they do. Do you think Nebraska will hold up defensively against uh, an offense like present? I mean, I, I'm just kind of curious because with Ohio State, if they weren't running it effectively, they could easily just throw the ball and complete the pass. There wasn't a lot of concern that they had to establish a run. Do you, do you feel like Nebraska can can have similar success against Northwestern?
1: Yeah, I think they can. Um, and the, I guess the big thing will be it, the, the discipline and consistency will really be tested, right? I mean, Northwestern ran the ball 60 times last week, despite the fact that they averaged like 2.4 yards per carry. So you're not going to just bottle them up a couple of times between the tackles and convince, you know, Bajaki and Mike Bajaki and the new offensive coordinator to like do something else. They're going to keep coming at you. So um, it's going to be a test of, um, you know, not only are they capable of standing up to it, but are they capable of standing up to it over and over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, And I think, um you know i I thought that the returns overall in week one were uh promising but you know it's a little bit like it's a little bit like um you know standing in the outfield in the baseball game i mean you better be ready every time because just about the time they run it you know 10 out of 12 plays or something like that not only uh is peyton ramsey capable but also he he's capable of taking off and running too so uh, it's a game where you don't necessarily need a lot of flash, but, you know, you better you better be disciplined, in particular, up front.
0: Brunce, when you look at what Nebraska is doing in terms of pressure on Justin Fields, uh, they got a, a few sacks that Saturday a, a couple weeks ago against uh, an Ohio State line that gives up more sacks than you would expect. Um, Iowa got three against Northwestern this past Saturday. Where do you anticipate pressure coming from? Will Honis had two of them uh, for Nebraska. But do you think that happens up front, or are they going to have to scheme some stuff up to try to free some guys up to try to disrupt Peyton Ramsey when he is back throwing?
3: Yeah, I I think the answer all year is going to be that they're going to have to scheme it up. I mean, I I think uh, there's not really a guy on the roster right now that you would consistently – count on to go and put pressure on a quarterback on third down uh, just on their own. So I, I think it's going to have to be schemed up. I, you know, the the one thing that kind of worries you a little bit more um, with, with this version of Northwestern is I do think that Peyton Ramsey is a little bit more mobile than maybe some of the past quarterbacks that, that Northwestern's had. I think that they're going to do a little bit more with the quarterback run game with this new offensive um, coordinator and, and, and kind of approach to things. So, that, that's going to be something that Nebraska is going to have to be more aware of this time around is, you know, if you're going to scheme things up and bring pressure, and Northwestern has a quarterback now that can make you, um, you know, suffer a little bit with his feet. So that that's kind of a, a different, I think, look than that Northwestern's had in the past. So, um, you know, Nebraska's going to have to account for that. That said, I mean, I, I think, too, that Nebraska showed – at least in their front seven, that, you know, they've got some guys that, you know, when the scheme is there and, and you know, they, they push the right buttons, uh, they can be pretty disruptive. So uh, we'll kind of see how that plays out. But I, I, I do think, uh, you know, Peyton Ramsey
0: brings a little bit different dimension to that offense than what they've had previously. BC, you've been writing about this. How should Nebraska fans feel about the young guys, uh, potentially Miles Farmer, Quentin Newsom having big roles in the first half? until Deontay Williams and Cam Taylor Britt finish off their suspension and are able to play. I mean, how are you feeling about this secondary and and what it has in store for – Yeah,
2: I mean, I, I think there's a, a fair curiosity. City where you gotta say, let's, let's see him prove it in the, those roles. But I also think uh, we've heard enough from Travis Fisher about Miles Farmer in particular, and he, Quentin Newsome as well. He's, he's talked a lot about over the last year where you would say he's got a lot of faith in those guys. Um, I think, I know I've been a person who's been uh, buying up the Miles Farmer stock for a while. So I'm pretty excited uh, to see him play more consistently um, at least early in this game, and then see what that looks like. They're going to have to have good eye discipline. Um, Parker, I think, was really kind of hitting on this point. Northwestern's that team where they're going you know, to lull you to sleep. And so those young guys, they can't get all caught up in that. And then, oh, boy, here, here it is over the top on you for a 45-yard a gain or something like that. So they're, they're going to have to really um, be uh, fully dialed in and uh, good with their eyes in this game. But I think it's going to be fun. I think miles farmer is a very physical guy who you can use in a lot of different ways. Um, it likes to hit, uh, Quinton Newsome is a guy who, uh, you know, Travis Fisher identified as a cornerback when a lot of other people were looking at him as a safety, as a recruit. And the early, uh, the early evidence is that that was a good uh, decision, uh, to play him there. So, uh I don't think that's going to set Nebraska back in this game. I really don't. And then uh, it's sort of a weird deal where I'm kind of curious what happens in the third quarter. Like, let's say the defense is rolling along, and obviously you want to insert Deontay Williams and Cam back into the game um, when they're when they can come in. But that'll be a kind of an interesting thing to watch.
0: You guys have any? Uh, and I'm just going to leave this open. And anybody wants to jump in, do you have any thoughts on Nebraska's special teams based on what we saw against Ohio State? <laughs> and uh, where where things sort of sit for that unit as a whole. I mean, you, you introduced a couple new guys in kicking roles, uh, and it seemed to go pretty well, which is an unusual thing for Nebraska and special teams.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I – I think that's an incomplete grade right now. I agree with you. I thought, I thought it wasn't like a ice or anything like that. I thought Pristap did a, a fairly good job. He had one punt that was a little low. That was pretty returnable, but I mean, he had a boomer too that got pinned inside the five yard line and uh, not a, not a bad starting debut at all. I don't think uh, it was in, you know, Culp got a, he got basically a chip shot field goal to get him on the board. And, you know, sometimes that's a good way to start You get a layup and get going. So uh, I think we're we're still waiting for that like 42 yard kick, uh, you know that Cole pass to make in in sort of a big moment where it, it can turn the game one way or the other. So that man that might be coming on Saturday.
1: I thought, I thought Pristup was good. Um, like BC said, the second half, you know, you just you don't want game game situation to impact performance. Um, but his first three in the first half, I think netted. 46, 51, and 51 one had there was a penalty involved that hold it or the uh, uh penalty on markel this muke um, that was a 15 yarder but um the this is not exactly about performance but it raises sort of an interesting point there was a sky cam shot of a kickoff nebraska kickoff and it was almost like a gopro mounted on isaac gifford's helmet it basically tracked him all the way right down the middle of the field the way the camera went and it was Isaac Gifford and Noah Pola Gates in on a tackle in pretty good shape. Uh, and I think that sort of speaks to, you know, what's been a topic of conversation, you know, between us and, and the coaching staff too about the young guys, that class of 2019, and the class of 2020 and the depth that they provide. I mean, last year, you don't know if that would be Isaac Gifford at all with redshirt considerations and all of that. But now those guys are sort of turned loose. And so... It was a cool camera shot, um, primarily. And then also, um, it was good coverage from a couple of, of really athletic young players um, that are benefiting from the way the rules are set up this year. All
0: right, good stuff. Let's, uh, let's dive into our oddly specific predictions, and then we're going to do a pick-to-click, and then your score prediction. Uh, Parker, are you ready? to unveil your oddly specific prediction for Nebraska-Northwest. You want me to lead it off, huh? Yeah, okay, absolutely.
1: I, okay, all right. My oddly specific prediction is that the the first quarter will end in the middle of Nebraska's third possession. The game's going to be tied 7-7, seven to seven, and when it comes back from the second quarter, the drive will stall out somewhere in the middle of the field – and we'll all agree that even though it's in that area where maybe you go for it, that it's a good idea to punt because this is a field possession game.
0: That was specific. You uh, you did not you did not let us down with this specificity there. All right, Brunts, this is your domain. I don't know how you did last time out. I already forgot. I assume it didn't go well. Uh, but you're going to rebound here, I'm sure. What do you got for us? Yeah, I'm
1: going to – did I take yours, Bruns? Yeah.
3: <laughs> I, I'm going to predict that um, we, we get a tight end uh, again. I, I think I predicted this last week, and it didn't come to fruition. But
0: the last it, week, and you did your own hype cast for the Wisconsin game?
3: Yes, uh, last game. I, I think I predicted a Travis Bokelech um, touchdown catch, which obviously did not, did not happen. I'm going to switch it up and say that Austin Allen catches a touchdown uh, an 11-yarder, probably in the back corner of the end zone, uh, a, a lightly contested catch. Um, so, so that's my, my prediction for Nebraska. Because it is Northwestern and the history with this rivalry as such, there's always kind of that Dean Lowry um, Memorial player that you've never heard of that has a great game for Northwestern. My guy this year for Northwestern, and and past winners aside from Dean Lowry have also included um, Clayton Thorson's legs and also Flynn Nagel. So my guy this year is going to be graduate graduate transfer tight end John Rain. He's number zero for Northwestern. He's out of Miami, Florida. I'm I'm predicting he's going to have five catches in this game. Um, for for the Wildcats, um, so John Rain, keep an eye on him. Number zero in your program, also number zero in your hearts. All right.
0: Well, runs going heavy on the uh, heavy on the tight end. John Rain. Current statistics show that he had five catches against Maryland, no catches against Iowa. It's either five or nothing. So if he gets one, you know he's getting a five. All right, BC, what do you got? Cam
2: Taylor Britt is going to pop back up in the third quarter, and uh, there's going to be a deflected ball. He's going to pick it off with about 238 left, about 238 left um, in the third quarter. And it's going to be sort of a how do you like me now celebration going on with him and the, the boys after the interception.
0: I like it. I like it. All right, so I'm gonna go with, Nebraska's gonna get onto Northwestern side of the field at some point Saturday, and then they are going to hit Travis Vokolek for a 46 yard tight end seam touchdown. It'll be the longest pass of the day for Adrian Martinez, and it'll give Nebraska some points. So they can go vertical a little bit, go a little Northwestern to sleep with a bunch of tight end curls in the middle of the field, and that one time Travis Vokalek doesn't curl, he runs the seam route. They hit the touchdown. Everybody celebrates. All right,
2: I can picture. Click. I can picture that in my head.
0: Yeah, it it's there. I mean, Seathan Carter, yeah. you know, had about a million of these that Tommy Armstrong couldn't couldn't hit. So I know it's there. Uh, we'll see if, if Nebraska is able to hit on it. All right, who's got a a pick to click for me? Let's just try to go same order, Parker.
1: Oh uh, yeah, I mean, given that it's Nebraska and Northwestern, I would feel. Irresponsible to pick anybody to click other uh, than a kicker, so I'll say Connor Culp.
0: Oh wow! You want to? Do you want to predict how many field goals Connor Culp has?
1: Yeah, uh, he's gonna hit.
0: Um, well, let's see,
1: two and two extra points.
0: All right, good stuff. Ah, Brunt, what do you got? Uh, I'm gonna go with.
3: Miles Farmer, he's going to have a good game. That's that's my pick to click.
0: All right, short and sweet. BC, what are you going with?
1: Um,
2: I, I was going to say Diedrich Mills. I'm going to go a different way. I'm going to say Will Honus. I thought he played really one of his better games uh, in week one. I feel like he's a different player maybe this year, and uh, I, I think he's going to further prove that. He's going to give us further confirmation with a couple TFLs and he's going to be heavily
0: involved in, uh, in a lot of the action. We have a sample size of one. Wandale Robinson always has his best games in the state of Illinois. He does that again on Saturday. Wandale Robinson already plays well against Northwestern. Now you're putting him in the state of Illinois. It's just going to be fireworks for Nebraska's wide receiver, Wandale Robinson. All right, score time. Parker, who are you going with? Who's winning? And do they cover?
1: Uh, yeah, a cover. Yes, um, I. This is a total hunch. I've, I've taken all all three years. I've I've been on the beat and into the fourth year. I've always aired on the side of I'd like to see Nebraska prove it uh, before I pick them to win a toss up game. But on a total hunch this week, I pick Nebraska twenty four to twenty
0: three. Oh wow!
3: All right, Runs? I think Nebraska gets it done. I think they they they've got a little chip on the shoulder, like Scott said this week. Uh, I think it's going to, of course, be a close game. I will pick Nebraska twenty-five, Northwestern twenty. <laughs> Fantastic. That, that
2: score-
0: was
2: like the yeah, that was like the score of the nineteen fifty-nine Nebraska Oklahoma game or something. I like <laughs> hey,
0: <that>. my <laughs> score has already been chosen, and I picked twenty-five. <laughs> the this podcast is absurd all right
2: right. um we might as well call it the homer podcast i guess (laughs) because we're i i was gonna pick nebraska too sort of in that same hunch feeling that uh that parker has where you you like you kind of want to say okay nebraska get out of your own way show me you can do it before i i believe in you uh but i i do think I usually walk away from Nebraska Northwestern games thinking Nebraska was like a hundred yards of offense better than Northwestern or something like that. But there's always like two or three stupid plays that make it closer or lose them the game. And I'm just going to go out on the limb and say they cut back on one of those dumb plays and they make that one extra play and they win 27 to 22. And uh, uh, Diedrich Mills will get further involved on the offensive side of the ball.
0: All right. Bruns took my score, so I'm going to change it up slightly. I'm going to say Nebraska wins 26-22. I thought the I thought the Huskers were a, a better team coming into this week. I know that Northwestern has two nice wins with Maryland and Iowa. I just – I like the way that Nebraska played against Ohio State despite a 35-point loss. I know that's absurd. I think they'll control the running game from Northwestern and they'll be able to move the ball themselves. And – Most importantly, they'll stay out of their own way enough to get a W. So, all right, it's a sweep for the Hypecast, which is a little unusual, but maybe we should be calling this the Homercast.
1: We're just all hyped.
0: I guess. That that has to be what it is. Parker, we appreciate your time. As always, thanks for joining us on the Hypecast, and people can catch the next Husker 24-7 podcast production after the game on Saturday.